This is Jim Wallace for the Soul of the Nation. Reclaiming Jesus was a declaration signed and put out by a small group of elders across all of our church families. But then it got viewed by three million people on Facebook and began to spread all over the country, and a declaration became a call to answer. Then last week in Washington, D.C., it became a service at National City Christian Church. But the church overflowed. Good thing we had Luther Place Church right next door as the overflow place. But then that overflowed. There's already 2,000 people in church waiting for this service and hundreds more on the steps. So we had a problem. People are trying to watch this on their phones. It's being live streamed to 100,000 people. But we didn't have any speakers on the steps. All of a sudden, this guy turns up wearing, of all things, a white robe. My name is Brent. I've got some speakers in the car. Should I get them? He said, sure. So he dashed off, came back with speakers, set them up and said, but I don't know how to get the live stream into the speakers. But a 16-year-old teenage girl was sitting there overhearing the conversation. She says, I can do that. (laughs) And she did. And the sound went from two churches packed to overflowing to the steps to all over Thomas Circle. They heard the beautiful Howard University Choir, and they heard these elders speak this declaration about what we believe and therefore what we reject. We talked all night about Jesus, who he was, what he said, what that means for us today. And as I said in that service, this is not, tonight is not about Donald Trump. It's about Jesus Christ and what we must do as his followers. Bishop Michael Curry, who delivered that wonderful sermon at the royal wedding, started by saying who we were not and who we were. We are not a partisan group. We are not a left-wing group. We are not a right-wing group. We are a Jesus movement. That's who we are. I said that tonight, the light of Christ would be our focus. The light of Christ is our way of pushing back the darkness. And we believe Jesus is our light. Brothers and sisters, it's a dark time, but we have plenty of candles for all of you. Ron Sider began with prayer, confession of our own brokenness and our own humility in speaking these words. Lord, we come into your holy presence with sadness, with acknowledgement of our brokenness, and with confession of our failures, disobedience, and sin. Dr. Barbara Williams Skinner made clear how racial bigotry is an assault on the very image of God. Whatever we do for those who are marginalized by racism, we're doing to God. Tony Campolo, in his wonderful preaching way, reminded us of what the good news of the gospel really is. Hear me, people. This is the way the world will end. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our God, and he shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And that's why we call it good news. Good news to the poor. Walter Brueggemann, the biblical scholar, talked about the prophetic tradition 
against lying. Fake worlds destroy neighbors. Fake worlds close off futures. Fake worlds make common life impossible. Fake worlds legitimate violence. We know that white nationalism is a lie. Bishop Carol Baltimore explained the theological problem with America First. We reject America First as a theological heresy. Richard Hamm asked for the help of God, which we will truly need in the days ahead. Oh God, comfort your people and make us each an instrument of your grace and peace. Instruments of justice, instruments of healing in this weary land and world. Sharon Watkins made clear that we're opposed to misogyny and sexual violence against women and LGBTQ people as well. We reject misogyny, the mistreatment, violent abuse, sexual harassment, and assault of women in our culture and politics, including lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, and asexual persons as well. And the Reverend James Forbes, in the way that only he can do, reminded us that Pentecost is right here and right now. We are in the atmosphere of Pentecost when the wind of change began to blow. Therefore, you need to understand what's happening here is what the Lord said. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy. That's what you are doing now. Hallelujah. Praise God. Richard Rohr ended our time with a benediction calling us to walk in God's love. May you know the love that surpasses all knowledge, and may you walk in that love into the empire. We ask this in Jesus' holy name. And one of the miracles of that night was all these preachers stayed on time. That never happens, and everybody was on time. So there were 3,000 people at the White House, and they were all kinds of people, very diverse, a lot of, more than half clergy, from what we could tell, but parents and kids and all holding these candles over their heads, which is what happened at Pentecost, the flames of the Holy Spirit over the heads of the early Christians that were empowering them. They were afraid, hiding in the upper room, and and the Spirit came and empowered them, gave them courage to bring their faith to the streets. And in that service at National City Christian Church, sitting there with the elders, one of them turned to me and said, can you just feel the fear lifting in this congregation? I can feel the fear just lifting and the courage coming. And then we took those candles to the streets, held them over our heads and said, we are here to reclaim Jesus Christ in a time of moral and political crisis.
we got to the White House, and we were blocked, though we had a permit, because some security issue had caused them to shut down Pennsylvania Avenue, which they can do at any time without explaining why. We said, how long? They said, well, we don't know. So we were in Lafayette Park, all jammed together, unable to go on the street of Pennsylvania. And so I said, okay, let's just do it here. And Barbara William Skinner, who is the best prayer I know, I said, Barbara, say a prayer. And she had never prayed through a bullhorn before. <laughs> but we held the bullhorn, and she started praying. It didn't take long before she got into it. Powerful prayer. And right after her prayer, the streets opened. And we walked in the Pennsylvania Avenue, 3,000 Christians with their candles held high. And then the elders, the elders walked onto the sidewalk and began a, a silent circle procession where we named every declaration that we had read in the pulpit from the church. Every time a declaration was read that said, for example, we believe that all of us are made in the image of God. Therefore, we reject the racial bigotry which is an assault on the image of God. We say truth is central to our lives. Jesus said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Therefore, we reject the pattern of lies spreading into our civil life. One after another, in the church, every declaration got spontaneous applause. Now we're offering them with prayers from the people. When our Declarations were read. I said, it's Pentecost. Time for all of us to pray, not just to listen, not just to watch, but to pray. So 3,000 people began to offer their prayers. A cacophony of prayers on Pennsylvania Avenue. It felt Pentecostal. It was a wonderful time. Then I said, let's do the Lord's Prayer. So we all said the Lord's Prayer in each of our own languages, styles, traditions. A powerful moment. It felt like Pentecost to, to me. And then a soloist led us in singing the Lord's Prayer, and her voice didn't need bullhorns or, or microphones. It carried all over, and our voices with her. And I said, now let's proceed out and let's sing this little light of mine. So that was our Pentecost, our launching of reclaiming Jesus, not just as a declaration, but as a call for all of our churches, our schools, our communities all over the country. And sure enough, just days afterwards, things began to happen that showed how important this declaration really is. Parents around the country feeling outrage at the separation of children from their immigrant parents along our southern border. Every parent in the country could feel how, how callous that was to separate kids as young as two and three from their parents as a policy of this administration. The next week, the lying continued with President Trump speaking of Spygate, alleging that FBI agents had been spies in his political campaign. Even his friends at Fox News commented on how ridiculous this last lie was, debunked it, and said it was entirely baseless. Well, what's true and not true is what people of faith are going to be looking at in the days ahead and who's paying the price of these policies. Because this is not just about Donald Trump. This is about Jesus Christ 
and who he is for us. So this is a time for a fresh confession of faith. We said that at the White House, we are here in a time of crisis to reclaim Jesus. And to me, that's what faith is all about. I'm Jim Wallace for The Soul of a Nation.